Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode contains distressing themes and descriptions of violence. This podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener caution is advised. They Walk Among Us is part of the Acast Creator Network. Stricken is a small village in Aberdeenshire, Scotland. It lies around 20 miles from the coastal town of Banff, which boasts one of the best-preserved townscapes in all Scotland. There is a main road from the village to the town, the A98, as well as many other minor roads leading to even smaller towns and villages. The area between Stricken and Banff is rugged and rural, making it the ideal location for walking, hiking and camping. Some say the perfect time to visit Scotland is in the autumn, around the Halloween period. Halloween originates from the Celtic festival of the Feast of Shawin, celebrated in Scotland, Ireland and on the Isle of Man from October 31st until November 1st. During this festival, people lit bonfires as a way to ward off unwelcome spirits. Many of these traditions were carried on through the centuries and influenced what is known as Halloween today. Each year, thousands of tourists flock to Scotland but on Halloween night 2014, a mystery was beginning to unravel, a mystery that still endures eight years later. 
Welcome to They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. This is the 23rd in a series of bonus episodes. Twenty-year-old Sean Ritchie was born and raised in Fraserburgh, a coastal town around eight miles from Stricken. Fraserburgh was known as a port town. On any given day, fishing boats, particularly shellfish boats, could be seen coming and going. Sean lived at home with his mother, Carol Ann, and his two younger sisters. Carol Ann and Sean's father, Charlie Reed, had long been separated. Charlie was living in the Tyree area and worked offshore for an oil company. Despite the distance between them, Sean had a good relationship with his father. They bonded over their love of music, in particular Black Sabbath. Sean was described by those who loved him as an intelligent and funny man. He was the heart and soul of any party he attended and would do anything for his friends and family. On Halloween morning of 2014, Sean Ritchie pulled on a pair of dark grey skinny jeans, a white t-shirt, a grey hoodie and brown trainers. He spent some time relaxing at home before walking into town, where he met up with a couple of friends for an afternoon of drinking at the Balaclava Bar. That evening, Carol Ann was picking up some items from a nearby grocery shop when she saw her son and a group of his friends getting into a van. Carol Ann called out to her son. Sean waved at his mother and shouted, I'll be home later. Sean and his group of friends drove out to a five-bedroom farmhouse called Kersey Hill in the Greenburn area, just northwest of Stricken. Along with Sean, the group of friends included Bartek Grabowski, Craig Gray, James Summers, Jay Ritchie, John Foreman, Scott Brown and Neil Robertson who drove the van. Robertson's brother owned the farmhouse at the time. Kersey Hill was the only home for miles. It was surrounded by an unforgiving landscape, made even more treacherous by the dreary winter weather that Scotland was known for. The property was located along a gravel track and shadowed by dense woodland. When Carol Ann returned home, she became aware that Sean had left his mobile phone behind. She would later describe her son as being impatient and speculated he ran out of the door completely forgetting to bring the device with him. It was understood at the time that Sean and his friends arrived at the farmhouse, but in the early hours, something went awry. That night, a call was made to the police, but using the non-emergency number 101. The call came from the rural Kersey Hill farmhouse in Greenburn, 
although there was nothing but silence. Soon after, another 101 call was made in which the caller seemed worried that there were people at the property. However, then the caller told the police there was nothing to worry about and put the phone down. Officers considered travelling out to the farm, but ultimately they decided against it. After all, it was Halloween, and scary practical jokes were the norm. They did not believe there was anything suspicious about the two phone calls, and there was no background noise indicating that somebody needed assistance. That said, around the same time the phone calls were made, Sean Ritchie was observed running through an open field near the farmhouse. He appeared to be running away from something. Initially, Carol Ann thought nothing of it when her son did not return home. Sean was a grown man, and sometimes he would stay out for the entire weekend. She surmised he was out having fun with his friends celebrating Halloween. But by November 2nd, Sean had still not reappeared, and Carol Ann grew concerned. She knew the group of friends that her son had got into the van with. She sent a text message to one of them asking where he was. The friends said they had not seen Sean since the night they went to the farmhouse. They explained that at some point the eight friends had split into two groups. Each group thought that Sean was with the other. All of Sean's other friends had returned home later that night or in the early morning hours, except for Sean. Carol Ann felt an intense fear that something nefarious had happened to her son. She told a reporter for the press and journal, It might be mother's instincts. I just know. I know there's foul play. Carol Ann called the police to report her only son missing. She then made contact with Sean's father Charlie who was working in Saudi Arabia. On November 4th, Police Scotland appealed to the public for information regarding Sean Ritchie's disappearance. They described him as standing around 5 feet 9 inches tall and provided a list of clothing Sean was wearing when he disappeared. Officers asked the people living in the areas between Stricken, Banff and Fraserburgh to keep an eye out for Sean, and requested they check garden sheds, outhouses or anywhere else he may have taken shelter. By this point his family were already searching for Sean, scouring through the rural area for any evidence of his whereabouts. In an attempt to generate some much-needed information, loved ones set up a Facebook group titled Find Sean Ritchie. In the group, the family provided information regarding his last known movements, as well as photographs of the missing young man. Specialist officers were brought in to assist in the search, as well as the RAF and police mountain teams. 
The area where Sean Ritchie was last seen consisted of challenging terrain with a number of bogs. A police helicopter hovered overhead, while specialist searchers and dog handlers scoured on foot. The landscape was so treacherous that one member of the search party fell and broke their leg in four places. Officers were focusing their search around the spot where Sean was last seen, between Stricken and the A98 road which led to Banff. However, despite the exhaustive efforts, there was no sign of him. Community Policing Inspector Alan Brown stated, We have carried out extensive searches today to find Sean, and I would urge anyone with information or who may have seen Sean to contact us. With each day that passed, there was a growing sense of unease. Inspector Brown commented that officers were becoming increasingly concerned for Sean's well-being. Police could find no evidence to indicate what happened, and they called in a dive and marine unit. As the days came and went with no developments, police were reluctant to speculate foul play. Inspector George Cordner told the media, Inquiries are continuing to establish Sean's movements in the lead-up to him being reported missing, and at this stage there is nothing to suggest this is anything other than a missing person inquiry. Sean Rich's family were beside themselves with worry. They had been proactively scanning the dense countryside in their own vehicles. Sean's loved ones also released a statement which read, We all love him dearly, and the last six days have been a nightmare for all his family and friends, not knowing where he is. If anyone knows anything about where Sean is, If they saw him last Friday night or since then, we'd ask them to please get in touch with the police and give them any information you may have. On November 6th, several searchers scoured an area close to the field where Sean was seen running. They came across a pile of items that matched the description of the clothing that Sean was wearing on Halloween night. Police safely recovered the evidence, placing them in a secure bag and showing them to Sean's parents. The evidence was identified immediately. The discovery had ominous undertones, and police suggested that Sean may have been suffering from hypothermia and removed his clothing due to disorientation. At night the weather had dipped below zero, and the rainfall would have contributed to a decreasing body temperature had anyone been outside. By now over 200 police officers were drafted in to help search for Sean Ritchie. They were assisted by almost 40 members of Sean's family and friends, many of whom had travelled from further afield to help in any way possible. The volunteers and police officers were divided into two teams, and search areas were mapped out to ensure that people were not searching in the same place. Sean 
in a bid to refresh people's memory. Police released images from a CCTV camera. The footage was captured in a shop in Fraserborough on Halloween afternoon. It pictured Sean wearing the clothing that had since been discovered. Police were hoping that somebody somewhere would see the pictures and then remember seeing Sean at some point that night. Sadly, nobody came forward to offer any further insight into his movements. By November 18th, it had been almost three weeks since Sean was last seen. The search was scaled back, with mountain rescue teams and the RAF stepping down. By December, Sean's family had all but given up hope that he would be coming home. His father, Charlie Reed, was trying to remain positive, but he also wanted to be realistic. Charlie told a reporter for the Daily Record, Until you live it, you can't describe the pain. I'm numb. If he did fall and was hurt and has been lying somewhere after six weeks, he's not going to be alive. We just want him found, and if it is his body we find, he deserves to be laid to rest. It's not something any parent should ever have to think about. No person should have to go through the torment and torture of not knowing where their loved ones are. In April 2015, Police Scotland announced they were sending specialist search teams to return to the woodland near to where Sean Ritchie was last seen. The introduction of spring had led to water levels receding in some of the rugged areas, and it was hoped that the improvement in the weather would reveal some unseen clues that winter may have concealed. Inspector Simon Reid stated, We want to stress that this is still an ongoing missing person inquiry. A large amount of work has been undertaken during the inquiry and extensive searches of large remote areas have been conducted to locate Sean. We will continue to investigate any new information and look for opportunities to continue to take the inquiry forward. I'd like to reiterate our appeal that anyone with any information about where Sean may be should contact police. While the authorities stopped short of announcing that foul play had played a part in Sean's disappearance, his family were of a different mindset. Sean's mother, Carol Ann, spoke publicly about the two calls made the night Sean vanished. These calls had not been made public during the initial police inquiry. She stated, I was told recently, and this is disgusting, that one of the men on the farm Sean was last seen on contacted the police that night. He phoned the police on two occasions. Why did the police not go out there? Regardless of whether he called back and said he didn't want the police anymore. Carol Ann and Charlie were determined to uncover what happened to their son. They feared that something sinister had occurred. Carol Ann said to a reporter for the Press and Journal, My son lost his footwear 
his hooded top and his belt for his jeans. How can anybody possibly go on in that wilderness without those on? I can't concentrate. I can't focus not knowing where he is. Am I ever going to see my son again? The previous six months had been incredibly challenging for Sean's loved ones as they struggled with the uncertainty surrounding his fate. On April 22nd, his father put forward a £5,000 reward for any information. Charlie said that he was not interested in making accusations or pointing fingers, and that he just wanted to find out what happened to his son, whether Sean was dead or alive. Police took advantage of the renewed media interest during the six-month anniversary of Sean's disappearance and once again appealed to the public for any information. Inspector Stuart Drummond stated, If Sean has walked on from this area, as appears to be the case, we have no indication of the direction he has taken, which compounds searches due to the size of terrain already searched. We have interviewed a number of people, including those who were with Sean on the night he was last seen. Although we will always keep an open mind as to the circumstances, there is no evidence to date which would indicate that Sean has been a victim of any crime. Police Scotland liaised with the National Crime Agency, which holds a comprehensive database of missing persons and cold cases. The National Crime Agency stated that they, quote, offer expert support and work in a supporting function to investigations, providing expertise including profiling assistance. On May 16th, it would have been Sean Rich's 21st birthday. His younger sister Nicole planned a celebration at the town's beach. She spoke to the media about how the past six months had been unbearable for the family. Nicole said, It's been horrible, even having to arrange his birthday without him. It's just terrible. Around 30 of Sean's loved ones gathered on the beach for the poignant celebration. To mark Sean's special day, balloons were released into the air as the family watched on in silence as the balloons floated into the clouds until they disappeared from view. Several days later, the police returned once more to the spot where Sean was last seen. A police helicopter was observed by the public, scanning the ground from overhead, but nothing of importance was found. The farmhouse where Sean was last seen with his friends on Halloween night was put up for sale shortly thereafter for £350,000. The listing described the property as follows. A substantial five-bedroom dwelling without buildings set in peaceful rural Aberdeenshire, 
there is a range of mainly traditional buildings located to the west of the property, with ample yard space and room to expand. These outbuildings have generally been used for storage and livestock accommodation, and provide a number of options for future use, including equestrian or residential conversion, subject to obtaining planning. The sale also included a patch of neighbouring woodland in which was planted rowan ash and spruce trees. A small floral tribute to Sean still lay near the farmhouse, a chilling reminder of the mystery that had plagued the rural area for the past six months. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This episode of They Walk Among Us is brought to you in association with Centair. Ever entered a seemingly perfect space only to feel like something was missing? That's where Centair comes in. With over three decades of experience, Centair leads the scent marketing industry, scenting resorts, retail outlets, event spaces and more, partnering with major brands like Westin Hotels and Snap Fitness. Chances are you've already encountered their fragrances firsthand. And now Centair is offering you a luxury fragrance experience in the comfort of your home. Visit Centair.com to explore their online store and infuse your spaces with unforgettable scents. Centair diffusers are sleek and fill your space with vivid fragrance for up to 300 hours. And the Centair app lets you schedule your fragrance and control your intensity right from your phone. What's more, all of Centair's more than 60 fragrances are phthalate-free, cruelty-free, safe for families and EcoVad is certified sustainable. Differentiate your space with scent. Try luxury home fragrance trusted by the pros by going to Centair.com and using promo code AMONGUS for an extra 25% off your first order. 
That's promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order at Centair.com. In June 2015, Carol Ann announced that she had given up on Police Scotland ever finding her son. She wanted a new team of officers to be handling the case. Carol Ann strongly believed Sean was no longer alive and she wanted to give him a proper burial. The family were in the throes of desperation and Carol Ann had turned to psychics. They told the distraught mother that her son was in the area where he was last seen. The family was certain that Sean was murdered and they had lost all faith in the investigation. Carol Ann stated, I'm sick of them telling me that he's a missing person and there's no foul play. I just want them to get off their backsides and find my boy. She also criticised the police for how she had to ring them to ask for an update, instead of them proactively providing one without being prompted. Carol Ann had two other children she needed to care for, and she had tried her hardest to pick up the pieces, continuing for their sake. She recalled, At night, when they're sleeping, I sit here, and the tears are never-ending. Am I ever going to see my child again? It's terrible that I have to think like that. He's my firstborn, the child that made me a mum and I can't let go. It's too hard. Police were still sticking to their theory that a criminal act had not taken place in regards to Sean Rich's disappearance, despite his loved ones insisting that one had. The family would enlist the services of the Glasgow group Canine Search and Recovery, who called in their human remains detection dog, Bara. The group offered to help as volunteers, and Bara set off with his nose to the ground in the area where Sean was last seen. Unfortunately, he was unable to pick up a scent. Police would employ another tactic during July in the form of forensic geophysical equipment. They called on Professor Lorna Dawson, head of soil forensics group at the James Hutton Institute in Aberdeen, along with Dr Alistair Ruffle, a forensic geoscientist at the School of Geography, Archaeology and Paleoecology at Queen's University in Belfast. The duo conducted ground searches in the area where Sean Ritchie was last seen, using several methods including ground-penetrating radar and electromagnets. Professor Dawson explained, Material from the natural environment can transfer to objects or people through contact. For example, soil, vegetation and water can transfer onto clothing and footwear while a person is walking in an outdoor environment. At the James Hutton Institute, we work with police and investigators to compare traces of such material on objects or clothing to inform police in developing search strategies and prioritising areas of search, based on where someone might have stood or walked. 
Forensic geoscience utilizes theories and methods developed within the environmental sciences in a forensic capacity. We have examined clothes and footwear found by Police Scotland to help police piece together which location Sean Rich's clothes and footwear had likely come into contact with. The radar was able to unearth unseen items in the box, including small artefacts and animal bones. Still sadly, there was no trace of Sean. The following month, Sean's father, Charlie Reed, put up posters of his son at each of the roads leading in and out of town. He said the purpose was to prick the conscience of anybody who may be harbouring information. The family was sure that somebody somewhere knew something, but were refusing to come forward out of fear of either the police or somebody else. The first anniversary came and went on Halloween 2015. A fresh appeal was launched by police in an attempt to jog someone's memory and unearth some new information. Charlie followed suit and appealed to the public once more. He said that he now believed Sean was murdered. Voicing his theories about what happened to his son, Charlie stated, He has definitely not walked out of there. Someone has taken him out of that area and he has been murdered. That's what I believe. But the police have to deal with facts and evidence. And until they get evidence, he's classed as a missing person. Charlie went on to speak about the night in question, explaining that he found it bizarre that the group of eight young men split up, but none of them seemed to know where Sean went. Charlie had his own theories as to what happened to his son. He refused to name his suspect, but said that as soon as he heard the name of one of the men Sean had been with that night, he, quote, knew it was bad straight away. Charlie elaborated further and said, I'm not going to point fingers and name people, but there were people there that night that aren't the most upstanding members of the community, shall we say. Professor Dave Barkley, a forensic science lecturer at Robert Gordon University in Aberdeen, agreed with the family's theory of foul play. Professor Barkley also shared his conclusions that the police were treating the case as a murder investigation, but suggested they did not want to publicly acknowledge that was how they were handling it. In an interview with the Daily Record, the professor said, They may have some reason to think he has come to harm. That might be the background of someone who was associated with him at the time, or it might be the running from the farmhouse. It is quite unusual to successfully conceal a body where the likely area is known. If you are looking to hide a body in that area, I guess the most likely place is somewhere underwater and weighed down. There have been cases where bodies have been found 20 to 30 years later and people have still been successfully prosecuted. The one-year anniversary of Sean's disappearance was undoubtedly tough on his family. 
they had endured a year's worth of uncertainty and the wave of emotion that comes with a missing child. Caroline once again criticised Police Scotland, saying, The way they have treated me is downright disgusting. I've had no liaison officer. All they kept telling me was to go to the doctors and get antidepressants. They told me recently that I need to accept the fact that my son is gone. As a mum, how do you deal with that? I just want somebody to listen to me. He is my son. Sadly, things went from bad to worse when that November a psychic was charged with harassing Sean's family. Nicky Trott told Sean's sister that he had been killed by a blow to the head and then proceeded to describe his alleged killers. Nicola would later say, she was saying Sean had been brutally murdered and was saying what they did to him. The things she was saying upset us a lot. We got in touch with the police last week. At the time, the authorities confirmed to the press that they had submitted a report to the Procurator Fiscal regarding a telecommunications offence. The family had been inundated with messages from clairvoyance after the reward was announced, and Charlie was forced to ban a member of the Find Sean Ritchie Facebook group due to the correspondence he was receiving. Sean's father would eventually step back from the social media group he had set up, unable to cope with the strain it caused. In May 2016, Sean Rich's family began a petition to have his disappearance reinvestigated. The petition gathered thousands of signatures and raised awareness, but frustratingly little action was taken on the case. In a further blow to the family shortly thereafter, Carol Ann was charged with wasting police time. She was a grieving mother who had done everything in her power to ensure the case was treated as a murder inquiry. This included calling the police frequently for updates. However, the police alleged that Carol Ann had sent anonymous text messages to friends and family, suggesting that Sean was murdered, and it mentioned violent threats. They accused Carol Ann of temporarily depriving the public of vital police resources as they investigated the matter. Carol Ann appeared in court and admitted to the offence. She was shown pity by the judge and was given support for the effects of post-traumatic stress disorder. By the second anniversary, Charlie Reed delved deeper into the theory his son was killed. He suggested Sean was murdered due to an unpaid debt. Charlie admitted he had little evidence to prove his theory, but he knew that Sean owed somebody money. Charlie and Carol Ann were desperate for information, and Charlie upped the reward to £10,000. He believed something awful had happened at the farmhouse, which caused the eight young men to disperse in two groups. 
the years continued to trickle by with no movement on the case. The family tried their hardest to move forward, but grief always lingered. It was further compounded each Halloween. They struggled to walk into a shop and see Halloween costumes or walk past a home that was decorated to celebrate the occasion. Each year they appealed for information on Sean's disappearance, but each year they were left disappointed. On the seventh anniversary in 2021, the Press and Journal produced a documentary on the perplexing case titled Missing from the Broch, The Disappearance of Sean Ritchie. The comprehensive recounting of the case presents the known facts, but investigators uncovered some fresh information regarding the night Sean vanished. They had learned that in fact he never made it inside the farmhouse. Something inside the van had caused him to flee into the darkness as the vehicle pulled up outside the rural property. Furthermore, the driver of the van, Neil Robertson, had appeared in court back in 2017 after being charged with assault. He had allegedly attempted to strike a person with an axe at the Kersey Hill farmhouse on the night Sean disappeared, cutting their clothing in the process. But Robertson was found not guilty after claiming he did not intend to harm anybody and it was just a practical joke on Halloween. Police Scotland were well aware of the incident, and D.I. Martin McDougall, who was leading the investigation into Sean's disappearance, contended that Sean had already fled from the van at the time of the attack. This new information clarified for the very first time. There was a disturbance in the van and at Kersey Hill Farmhouse. Explaining that the group had all been drinking, D.I. McDougall remarked, There's nothing to suggest there was anything untoward. One of Sean's friends was just winding up the driver a bit. It doesn't appear to have been anything significant. However, McDougall acknowledged that Sean could have fled from the vehicle because he feared something sinister might have transpired at the farmhouse. Despite the new disturbing developments, police still contended that nothing untoward happened. But something in that van had caused Sean Ritchie to flee in freezing temperatures in the dead of night. And what exactly happened still remains a mystery to this day. So where are we now? It's estimated that around 37,000 people are reported missing in Scotland each year. Out of this figure, approximately 32,000 of these cases lead to a police inquiry. Thankfully, around 99% of these people return home safe and well. Unfortunately, Sean Ritchie is not one of them. The hunt to find him was one of the largest coordinated missing person searches carried out in Scottish history. 
If you have any information about what happened to Sean Ritchie, you can contact Crime Stoppers anonymously in the UK on 0800 555 1. Thank you for listening, and special thanks to our Patreon supporters. For more information on this episode, please see the show notes or visit our website, thewalkamonguspodcast.com. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.